Hey guys, it's Mike, Narcoleptic Customs Podcast, episode 44. Uh, surprise guest tonight, Mr. Tyler Petram. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, he hung out for a little while. We had talked about him coming over for a couple weeks and uh, we finally worked out the day. It was today was his birthday, so that was awesome. Then he came out and hung out in the shop and I thought, man, if you're going to be here for a little bit, let's grab the mics, let's throw some stories out and uh, tell everybody kind of your story and obviously the story about his super clean uh, second gen eclipse that is now a gsx started as a gst which is a front wheel drive turbo now it is a all-wheel drive turbo manual car it is super super nice great color um, you'll see it in the videos if you're watching on youtube and anyways i'll let him get into it we talk about that car build we talk about growing up with c10s we talk about how his grandfather put cars together, how he built airbag trucks back in, well, he's 31 today, so would have been 10 or 15 years ago, and all that kind of stuff. So we kind of go over that, let him tell some stories, and uh, definitely wanted to document that stuff. So if you are a long-time listener, you know we post podcasts two times a week, generally Wednesdays and Saturdays. We post on the YouTube channel new videos on Tuesday nights and Friday nights. And then we post basically every day on Instagram and Facebook. Um, everything is under Narcoleptic Customs. So I appreciate everybody that's always been with us. And everybody, if this is your first time, thank you very much for finding us. Here we go. All right, guys. So uh, Tyler is with us. Hi. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so we're standing here in the shop and I said, man, let me go get the mics and uh, let's jump on the podcast. And he was like, I don't care. That sounds fun. Yeah, I'm not shy. Yeah. So uh, he's over with the GSX and we, I really did not have, usually uh, people are used to hearing kind of a plan and I have no plan. I'm very uncomfortable right now with the podcast because I don't know what I'm doing uh, so we're going to have fun. We're going to talk about cars. We're going to talk about, uh, the only question I have in my mind is what kind of road trip, big road trip he'd like to take and let him tell us about the car. Let him, let him tell us about all the other fun stuff that he's done and, uh, kind of let him get some stories out. All right. Yeah. Well, so I let's, guess. let's start with the car first Smart. because that's why you're here because like I sold Mitsubishi's for a long time, which people on the podcast have probably never heard. Yeah, neither uh, did I until today. Yeah, so sold Mitsubishi's for almost five years and uh, was sales manager for a while and all that kind of stuff. Started selling Mitsubishi's in 2000. Were you over there in Fayetteville? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh my goodness, that's yeah. how long I heard 96 when I was a kid. Yeah, long time ago, a uh, lot of really good friends, a lot of really good memories of that store. That store it's a very was small a place. total hunk of crap. The store itself it used to be place. a house, to give you an idea. Oh, that's like right, it was. All the behind the showroom that's was right. like it was just like little rinky dink shops kind of chained together oh, yeah, in weird was, ways. Yeah, that's right. I forgot all about that. What's crazy is <laughs> for a long time, literally, the waiting room was like had been converted from the kitchen. It was the kitchen of the house and it was converted to a waiting room. So it was like probably nine feet wide and like 15 feet long. I think the only thing I remember was the checkered floor. Yep. So we had that. It had carpet for a long time with like you had to carry, you had to uh, put pans underneath cars if they leaked. Uh -huh. uh, if we had any used cars inside, new cars obviously don't leak. But uh, well, it's a Mitsubishi. They all leak regardless. At some point in their <laughs> life. Uh, 
Um, so we would do that. And then uh, a funny story about the carpet. The reason we took the carpet up <laughs> is when our general manager and sales manager would leave, me and the other sales guys, we had this little like nine iron golf club that was like a kid's club, it was super short. And so we would play, we would wad paper up and pitch with the nine iron, the paper. And I waylaid one one day and took a chunk of carpet up. And then after that, uh, we put tile down. So, yeah. so yeah, Mitsubishi's go way back for me. And uh, obviously this car is super cool. What was the color again? Uh, on this 97 Eclipse, it's called Minden Silver. Minden Silver, that's right. So uh, super pearly silver. Uh, if you're watching on the channel, on the YouTube channel, you'll see... Yeah, a little the, bit of uh, a gold, very pewtery gold metallic in there. But yep. there's also a very faint uh, resonance of pearl, so it gives it that somewhat bluish hue during the day. Yeah, yeah. It's a gorgeous car. It's got five-spoke wheels on it that are uh, look very racy, uh, big oh, Brembo's. Uh, those wheels have been discontinued, discontinued for almost 20 years, and it's a total 90s wheel for a total 90s car. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And the interior on this thing is super clean. Super stock. Yeah, well, and the, the thing about it, though, like the car that it, it will be, it, I mean, it's an upgrade from stock now. Oh, yes. So but and it then look it. yeah, and then the new setup uh, with new turbo and new cams, right? Or yep. the cams in it? Uh, before I was running an FPT twenty eight, and it was their they think they made a big, but what it was for FP at that time was they had ported the exhaust turbine housing out. So basically, they opened up the internal wastegate and just opened up the top to blend in with their FP race manifold. Gotcha. Seven centimeters. Yep. And. And it's still 100% stock-looking turbo that goes to this stock exhaust. I ran that for a long time on stock cams, and it was fun and peppy. It allowed me to just get away with stock tunability on the car for a while. And I finally landed throughout the years of constantly wheeling and dealing, even before DSMs, just learned how to man, basically hustle, learn how to yep, hustle. Yep. And uh, ended up landing a... ECM Link version 3 for the car, and then that immediately fast-forwarded into me pinching pennies, buying a daily, finally parking the thing, and going from front-wheel drive to all-wheel drive in five days. Wow! That's insane. From start insane. to finish. I literally gutted the car till the only thing that was in it was just the interior. That's crazy. Yep. So what all is involved in going from a, I mean, obviously... Like the transmission's not the same. It's yeah, they all... look similar, but they're not. It's it's kind of funny. The front wheel drive trans has a revision to make it look like there be an all wheel drive there, but the casting on an all wheel drive is just chunkier. And then gotcha. of course there's an input shaft for just the transfer case itself. It's not one unit; it's two units that bolt together. Wow, that's interesting. I it's would have never thought that. Yeah. yeah, it's very serviceable, very fragile. Yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> yes. So what is different about the all-wheel drive system in this than what would have been in like an Evo? Uh, Evos are entirely a different animal. I got to drive a couple. Uh, yeah. One that was stock, one that was pretty played with, and it's it's a totally different feeling car. It doesn't feel the same. Well, so no, it's no, not, I, I meant like mechanics-wise. Mechanics-wise. Like uh, uh, Evos, they really perfected yaw and all that. Gotcha. They really made it to where... If you had a controller and a pump to control things, you can change your torque ratios and all that. Uh -huh. And of course, the gear ratios are different between all of them too. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
So five days. I mean, dude, that's that's an insane turnaround. It helps when you have everything on hand and yep. then you constantly plan things for the car <laughs> when you don't have a daily. So how big is your whiteboard in the shop then? Uh, it's actually no bigger than this. Oh, so like he's pulled my, uh, I think it's two and a half by three foot or two foot by three foot or something like that. Yeah, roughly. It's our, our roadkill list. Yeah, that's we, pretty much the exact We have a three board. foot by four foot that uh, is going to go up because <laughs> we have so many different projects, you know. I write small. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we try, we write big. Yeah. The whole on there. That, that yep. helps a whole lot when you write too massive. Yeah. Yep. So, because because a lot of times what's funny is like it that's laying up against something. So yeah, I'm like riding, at, standing up, you know. Yep. Yeah. So that helps a lot. Yeah. Brake brake relays and uh, people don't believe it, but these whiteboards are a miracle. Oh, it's amazing. They really are because when you have like OCD and ADHD all wound up in one lovely cocktail, you just end up sidetracking. Like we were goofing around earlier. Like, yeah, I'm ready to go, and you turn around in the next room. What was I doing? Yeah. What were we talking about? <laughs> Do I have to poop? Yeah. Oh, no, no, I don't. Yeah. Maybe? No, no, I don't. Yeah. I'm going to walk we, away. <laughs> we squirrel real bad. And car guys are so bad about that. Yeah. You know? Always 4,000 things going on at once. Yeah. Well, you know, the, I was on um, Big Block's Garage. We recorded an episode for it last night with Matt Monroe. And uh, we were talking about that. And, like, I was telling the Rocky Mountain Race Week story and all this kind of stuff. And, like you could just see they were thinking about something completely different. So like we'd get a break and they'd ask something, it'd be like whoosh, left field, you know? Yeah. So I think that's car guys to a T. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of that, uh, we were talking about the car, mm -hmm. <laughs> 20 year old wheels, but now you've got, uh, Evo eight Brumbos. Yeah. Big yeah. ones. Big, big ones. ones. I updated big time. Yeah. Very much. So of course yeah. everybody recognizes the front mount that immediately related to, Oh, it's a turbo. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, there's no getting around that piece. No, it never is. Yeah, you can't even paint that black and make it uh, look like a AC I like condenser. Shiny. That's my problem. I like shiny. Well, and a, <laughs> a, you know, if you painted it black, it would not look right in the front of this. No, it'd be too much contrast because the headlights are black. They're just yep. naturally stock black. And of course, they bought every other manufacturer copied that because it was so popular. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these these cars have the best. We were actually talking about this earlier. Was if Mitsubishi had gone from Gen 2 body style to Gen 4 instead of that weird Chrysler Sebring set up in the middle. Yeah. Um, she get out of a contract agreement. Yeah. So, you know, you think about, like, if they had kept, because how long did they run the, so, powertrain 4G63, right? Yeah, that is a Mitsubishi's right? so power plant. How, and then they went... 4G64 at some point, right? That was a 2.4? Yeah, that was a, uh, that's a 2.4. It's a non-turbo single cam motor. Gotcha. So okay. That's what they put in the spiders for these. Right. So what was the, uh, what was in the Evo then? Was it its own? It's another variant of a 4G63. Right. It's the same. It literally, wow. uh, this car here, it has a 7-bolt revision, and I literally can take an Evo 7-bolt crank and piston rods and toss it in my older version. Right. It's the same dimensions. It's just revised. That's cool. Mm -hmm. It's kind of neat. It's kind. It's almost Mitsubishi and Chrysler really thought out how to take control of their waste and costs and all that. So mm -hmm. a lot of their parts are interchangeable. A wow. lot of them. It was the original LS motor. Anyway, well, it's kind of <laughs> like GM, GM, Fords. They all have their really wide range of interchangeability too. Yep. It's just smart to do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, by the time you start adding all the parts and things like yeah, that, if you're building special one-off stuff it doesn't make sense no 
So what, what kind of power do you think the car makes right now? I'm hoping to... I'm in the middle of tuning, so I, butt, do, butt tuning is a totally different number. Yeah. Um, my goal is to hit 350 horsepower out of a car that was only supposed to have just shy of 200. That's awesome. And it's, of course, all-wheel drive with a one-piece drive shaft and LSD front and back, which I've already kicked the car out sideways once oh, by mistake. Oh, man, I bet that thing is wild. Yeah, I got over here on uh, Peach Orchard and was playing yep. around one day. And I think I had my wife with me in the car, and I was just gotten it done. And of course, the rear end—you know how cars are when they sit for a while—they they make interesting noises. So it was more like a, I drove the car, but I was still trying to figure out what some of the the racket was. Uh-huh. So in my fit of annoyance, the the rear end used to clunk around a bit, like a like a bad CV axle or a bad U joint, which it wasn't U joint because they're all new. There's right. only two in the whole system now, <laughs> not uh, six. Yeah. Um, right there at the, the what is it it's kind of like a, a newer subdivision you go over here beside well technically it's that way yep uh, right beside the school they got the road kicks over a 90 and it takes you to the, the back side right next to uh, O'Reilly's off of Walton oh 3rd uh, Street yep, yep. Uh, Peach Orchard attaches that same road yep. you go down that way it's literally like the first sharp turn from here to go that way gotcha nice good hard 180 and mm-hmm. I stayed in I think 2nd it was about 35 miles an hour so I was in about 2nd gear so it's a torque range more or less in that range and got about I don't want to say halfway halfway through the turn and I was mm-hmm. like alright let's I just let it kind of roll through a little bit without touching the brakes and the momentum's going to be there so I decided to land to the throttle a little bit and be of course it's a boosted car you kind of yep. you have to have throttle discipline you just can't hammer on it yep so I thought I was being throttle disciplined and car told me no <laughs> it's like burp, 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 burp. yeah that's exactly what it did all four broke loose that's and, cool and I took two lanes to catch it <laughs> like, yeah well I cut I I did the I did the bad boy thing I cut through the middle lines nice I was like I'm gonna suck it in and right when I sucked it in it that power slid <laughs> the remaining part of that. Got it back. Car doesn't have power steering. I got rid of all that. So it was a handful. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I like ease. Yep. I want to uh, eventually get another rack and pinion that's new. This uh-huh. one, the rack started leaking, and I decided, you know what? I'll just do a Mighty Miata mod. So I depowered the rack and made it manual, so it was just a reliability. Right, yep. And I need to get another power rack and put an MR2 pump or an Opal pump electrical yeah so basically just feed the rack but it's electrically fed not motor fed no extra belt no extra mess yep yeah i dig it i would love to do that on like the old truck it's actually really easy Uh, yeah i mean really easy there's uh you know like some of the volvos some of the late model volvos have a like it's it sits on the steering shaft itself to turn so we Uh, we does that too in the hhrs Yep, we had discussed that with my dad um, on his Nova was doing that setup because it had no power steering, it, but it had skinny tires on the front. And, yeah, you can get away with it. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't horrible. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. a little, little sticky. Front. And you know, with the LSD in the front, I'm sure it it. It's nice. The car's fifty fifty ratio. Wow. So yeah. yeah, when it kicked, it kicked all four and. <laughs> yeah, well, that's cool. <laughs> Did she panic a little bit? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Grab the door panel. What the. Yeah. What do you think you're doing? I was like, whoa, I did not do that. You're like, uh, uh, you know, like, just driving. I was like, I mean, that was kind of neat, I guess. 35 mile an hour slide. Did not expect that. And that's about the time I sat down and started studying tires because that, that was that was my slip point. Yeah. I got, uh, 
It's like the revised version of Falcon uh, ZNX tires. They were like a cheap all-season tire. Yep. And then they got rid of that through Falcon and then bought a smaller company, renamed it, but it's still the same tire, same compound. Gotcha. Yep. Branching out. Yeah. So I bought the same tire because they're cheap. I like, oh, yeah, I used to run those on my S10s when I played around all the time. They did great because they were heavy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Not as so much car, this car. Yeah, this car, I think I... What is it? Uh, OEM is 3,300 pounds. It's, I put it on a diet, so no AC, uh, no power steering, no washer fluid bottles, no extra stuff. Yep. I got rid of all the emissions. Um, I think it's right about 3,000 pounds now. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's if it was awesome. a GST like it was before, it wouldn't have been 3,000 pounds fully loaded. Yeah, it'd be, yeah. Like, I mean, how much weight do you think you added with all-wheel drive system? Uh, Several hundred? Mm, yeah, I'd say so yeah. about 250. That's awesome. Or so, yeah. So, how did you come across the parts for the all-wheel drive swap? That would be like two years of poking around. There for a while, there was quite a plentiful part <laughs> source here. And then me and Jacob, uh, we'd end up just going halfsies on a lot of this stuff that we kept finding laying around somebody's backyard. Right. And then, Jacob had gotten a hold of uh, some kid out in Conway, and it was a GSX that used to be a show car, and he already piqued my interest. I was like, oh, it's a show car, so it's yeah. got paintwork and stuff like that yeah. before. And then, of course, somebody's gone through this aerosol can and spray-painted satin black and crap all over it. <laughs> it actually had a professional checkers, flames, skulls, shadowing. All of it was professionally done, and then some kid went through, of course. Yeah, ruined it, so I couldn't save any of it. But also, that same kid that bought that car was unloading off trailer and folded the door over. Dang it. All the way around. <laughs> nice. And when I finally pulled the car apart and started looking it out, it had been through way too many hands. So, like, the floor has had, like, four or five different seats. Oh, I really danger to manifold. Something. Man, <laughs> the floorboard's going to come up. No, it wasn't been coming up. It had been the whole floor pan going down. Oh, jeez. It was pretty sketchy, but... It had a clean title, and I decided maybe I should just let it go. So I bought that car for 500 bucks, parted it out. Uh, Jacob had bought a Rec GST at that time, and there's a video of it on YouTube. If you look on Build Boost Drive, there is a video of me chopping up a wrecked blue GST and shoving it inside the GSX carcass. Nice. I took a whole car and shoved it inside another car. That's awesome. Literally. I'll be watching that tonight. <laughs> I literally, I pissed my neighbor off, of course, and sawzalls and cutting wheels yeah. and everything. But, uh, yeah, stuffed that car, got rid of it. That had been, got a hold of another source, found an all-wheel drive trans and matching transfer case. You can't mix them. Different ratios on the, the T case and uh, fifth gear, I think. Fifth or first gear is different in the trans. Between 95.96 and 97.99. Oh my god. So, well, they, in 97.99, they changed the, the first gear ratio a little nicer. Because before, uh, they, everybody was always breaking T cases. Yep. Oh, well, it will make it longer so you, you can play on it and not yep. break it as easy. See, and and still so can break them. The transfer <laughs> case, that, that's where my question came from, was because of, like, I was selling Mitsubishi's when the mm -hmm. 8 came out, the Evo 8. And so, like, um, forums were a big deal back then. Yes, they were. And, uh, yeah, me too. And 
everybody on the forums was like, you just sidestepped the clutch at five grand. Yeah. So like the first Evo that we got, we had to take it around the block seat. Y'all. Yeah. <laughs> like 4,500 RPM and just sidestepped the clutch. I was like, this is what's up <laughs> right here. This is fun. Yep. They're so. awesome to launch when you figure it out. Yeah. So I had in my garage, we're of course collecting parts over the next four years from, well now three new, three and a half? Yeah, over the next three and a half years, from that car, I got the all-wheel drive system and found somebody that had a spare trans, a, a failed project kind of thing. Yep. I, I love part outs. Oh, yeah. Um, Changing directions. Or they're just like, yeah, I just, I finally figured out I just can't afford this and then just sell all the <laughs> yeah. stuff off. And, uh, yeah, about three and a half years worth of collecting. So I had... The all-wheel drive system sitting on the side. I had a whole bunch of exhaust pipe sitting on the side. Of course, transmission, T-case. Come across the one-piece drive shaft somebody was wanting to get rid of. Got a hold of it, made sure it was refurbished, took it to a shop and had it balanced, just to be sure. Yep. Um, Jimmy was doing a, a part out at the time, Jimmy Buckner. Mm -hmm. So I got ECM link off of his car and coilovers and some new, new suspension stuff. Kind of cleaned that car out a bit. Yeah. Uh, so let me ask this. The Evo Brembo's I had sourced on my own through another buddy, Wheel and Dealing. Love Wheel and Deals. If you yep. if you got something that I want, I'll I'll do my labor for it. <laughs> right. I have no problem doing labor. It's like swapping. I like that. What you got there? What would it take for me to get that? Yeah. 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 yeah what do you got that you don't want to do that I'll I'll do? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. yep. Man, hey, I completely agree. I, I've. I've always been, if I had had the mindset I have now, when I was like 14, 12 maybe. I learned early on. People's, early on. people's shops would be clean, and I would have had a lot of fun stuff, you know. Yep. But uh, I didn't think about that then. So the car now, so what are the what are the upgrade plans? Well, let me back up. Was it your goal the whole time to all-wheel drive this car? Yep. It's kind of crazy. Almost five years later, this December will make five years the day that I bought it. I think it's like December 9th or something like that. Uh, as soon as I brought the car home, it sat in disrepair for only a week. And then the following week, I'd already sourced a lawn block to refurbish. Build. Yep. I bought some cheap gasket set off eBay because I was pinching pennies. Yep. Were, were you a DSM guy before that? A little bit. But I had had a, a, a non-turbo model. It was a 420A, basically a Dodge and Yon motor. Yep. I just wanted to get introduced to the chassis to learn them. Yep. And I did. I met Jacob through where I work at currently still. Mm -hmm. And he figured out I was a car guy because he, at that time, was driving an 87 MR2, which was, those are fun, quirky cars. Yeah. And he was making mention, I think I approached him because I saw his car. Of course, that's every car guy. So he's like, yeah. hey, so I think I saw you driving and it. An MR2. Oh, yeah, that's mine. And then let them share the story and talk about it. Yep. And then during that story during lunch break, he goes, Yeah, I got another one too. And I was thinking, Oh, cool, another MR2. And he's like, Yeah, I got a 95 GSX. I'm like, wait, an eclipse. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Well, what's done to it? Oh, it doesn't work. It's it's knocking. I don't know how to fix it. I'm not that type of person. It's like, I can teach you. He's <laughs> like, like, I'm what do you mean? Work. He's like, I built custom air ride trucks for a living, man. I mean, that's what I do on my weekends. I built several bag trucks, did V8 swaps and S10s. S10s were my world back then. Yep. And 
did that for a couple of years, and then I told him, I was like, well, I got space in a shop, ironically enough. I just got done clearing out a bunch of stuff. I'm hoping to get into a home, which, ironically enough, that next year I did. Nice. Sold all the all the air ride stuff off. That was a good feeling. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. That stuff can be a headache. Uh, yeah, that's and, an understatement. Yeah, it can be. It can be a handful and then some. Um, got him in the shop, and then I think his car stayed in that shop for like seven or eight months, and... We were both learning the platform yep. by that point. And why I started playing with it, I started realizing how things were set up. It's like, this is actually not half bad. And at that time, I was driving a Del Sol S. Yeah. Yeah. A little white car I drove around for years. <laughs> that, that car was easy, but this was even easier. This was straightforward, easy. Like, and they're simplified. It's Once you get past the harness and move things out of the way, you start seeing how plumbing is set up and everything. It's super straightforward. You can get your hand in almost any place that you need to. That's awesome. It is. It's a very convenient car to work on. The reliability thing has always been a problem, but it's a 25-year-old car. Yeah. I mean, but like reliability (laughs) stuff, when you say that, it's funny because like... Time belts. That's a big one. But I mean, think about it. Like, those were made to... We had so many that would come back at 60,000 miles and people be pissed because it, it was like a $1,000 you know, service. And they're like, oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah, it blows my mind that they never yeah, they never went down. They never put a chain on it, you know. Uh, it is an interference motor. But a chain would work and it wouldn't. It would have too much lash issues. If you think about it, because how many pulleys are in there? You have, of course, your two cams, mm-hmm. and then okay, I'm a, I'll put this in your viewpoint. Yeah. Down here, there's an idler. Down here, there's an oil pump. And there's your crank. Rolls up to another idler, which is also your tensioner pulley. Yep. And then from there, it kicks real hard and goes back around the cams again. Yeah. So it'd have been hard with a, a been chain. Horrible with the chain. Yeah. Lashing stretch would have been painful. Yep. And then, of course, I wouldn't imagine how bad it would have been if you had to have the uh, chain slides, the little plastic guides and stuff. Imagine it eat those up. Yep. Yeah, because of the angle coming off of the idler. That makes sense. Okay, so Mitsubishi (laughs) knew what they were doing. Listen. They did, actually. People just hated the $1,000 service at 60,000 miles. Pretty much. (laughs) Uh, Chrysler kind of overcomplicated the wiring a little bit, but it's the car is still remarkably straightforward. So the car is very picky with grounds and power. Yeah. So if you have a crappy battery connection, the car just won't work. Yep. Literally. So you come out, you just got done driving it, come out, there's no power. Well, I guess the battery was bad. All you got to do is go up in there and look and see if it's corroded. If it's corroded, just pour Coca-Cola on it and you're good to go. Yep. So the old <laughs> truck is the same way, which is creates its own problem yep. because you can't ground anything to the body no. of the old truck because <laughs> no, it can't. has tons of rust. Yep. So everything Batteries is ground. On, uh, rubber bushings. Yeah, so everything is on the uh, is grounded to the frame or a strap that goes from the frame. Yeah, so there's a, there's a handful of grounds and they like bulk grounding. So like yep. there's one inside a wheel well. There's two inside the dashboard. There's another one on this side, and then there's one on the firewall. So if you miss any one of those five, your car will not run. That's crazy. That's, yeah, that's crazy. how in tune it is with itself. So yeah. if you did something wrong, it's either you missed a ground or power somewhere. It's it's that straightforward. Wow. But it's so, just very elaborate. So since this car, you've had a few of these, right? Like, or have gone, I guess you've gone through gone a few. Gone through. Yeah. Gone through through part outs. That's yeah. where I got my education very quickly. Man, hey, there's nothing like learning on being nope. able to tear something apart. Yep. That's and, what, and really not. And really up, and I learned real quick how yeah. they like to be structurally sound. The yeah. firewall is almost impenetrable. 
Wow. That's I guess, the I mean, strongest tar- part of the whole entire car. There's a, a dash brace. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's for the dashboard. And then you realize what the brace is attached to is on the door pillars. They accounted for the door weight. It's just like a Camaro, the, the IROC Zs. Yep. You know, like they're... 800 pound door yep yeah they literally made that whole corner brace literally ready for that i chopped through one sawzall blade in half trying to figure <laughs> out what in the hell am i catching on yep. i finally got all the way through it thanks to a cutoff wheel yep. just followed the rest of the cut and finally sprawled it open and i looked and there's like six pieces of stamped steel inside there jeez yeah, no thanks it is very structurally sound, especially the coops. Yeah, that's wild. So you've got uh, a cage planned for this? I do. I have a cage sitting at home for it. I'm just yep. debating if I'm going to get racing seats in it or not. Yeah. If I decide I'm going to play and track on it, I definitely need to do something about the, the power steering situation because that car is surprisingly heavy under torque. Uh, well, that's what I was saying earlier about yeah. like LSD up front and sticky tires and boost and no power steering you know a lot of uh feel in the in the wheel i like a character yeah yeah that's what we call it character yeah seriously i like a car that feeds back a lot that's Uh, awesome i've i've driven a lot of the newer cars you know i have like the i'm trying to think of the good oh uh solstice my mom had a solstice there for a little while yeah and the clutch was dead to me it has it's a clutch car yeah, but it's dead. It's like you you have to literally tell yourself the on or off position for the clutch. Right. And it's weird. You can't feather it. You can't feel the weight. You can't feel it bind. It's you're just, just moving. You're moving your leg. Yeah, yeah you're just moving <laughs> your leg. It's it, weird. Make I, it work. That was when I figured out real quick. Ah, I don't like this. And then you start realizing that the I think the car is electric steering too, and you can't feel anything off of that either. Yeah. Yeah. There's no feedback with that. No setup. feedback in that car, and it's so weird. I think the only feedback you kind of get is the the braking because it is hydraulic system still, yep. but it, that car actually has a pretty decent braking in it. Well, I mean they were they were pretty light and they were set up right. That car just missed so many marks. Like the yeah, they tried to catch it with the G GXP. Yeah, yeah. and so th- if they had just started with that and yeah, you know that that car was never going to be a Miata. Like, no, it was not going <laughs> I tried to, to do treat that. it like one, <laughs> right? Like, it's not going to work that way. So, when in sales pitches and all that kind of stuff, like, I don't know, they could have done so much more with Pontiac, uh, to be honest. They end up keeping Buick because of China, but I think what the one thing Pontiac did, did, did really good on was the uh, what was the LS coupe? Um, Oh, like the GTO? Ah, yeah, the, yeah. the GTO. Yeah. Yeah, GTO that, and G8 was a great car. Yeah, the that last LS car that they made, that actually is somewhat similar to what I made for this car. It, that car actually had character, too. It had plenty of feedback. The cabin's drafty. Yep. It, it has plenty of character and feedback. It, yep. I got to drive one. It bone stock, but still, I this I got to drive one because I, I drove one. Well, right, and I mean those things were four hundred horsepower. They were yeah, they, they were, were a blast. They were actually really fun. Yeah. And I actually really the, liked it. The setup is right. There's just something about rear wheel drive and uh, V8 front and you know four hundred foot pounds. So, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, which is something I need to explore next after this car. Yeah, yeah. So we've talked about uh, my old truck, of course. So you yep. said um, you were your mom had a. GST. Yep, a right? 96 GST. I think it was pre-owned off the lot, that same lot we were just talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. 
So that was my first car I got street raced so, in. So that's what you're dealing with with this car. Yep, kind of the 90s vintage. Your uh, your first hot rodding experience would be a 63C10 short wide. Nice. Yep. Yeah, now, I'm a fan a, of that body. <laughs> yeah, I am too. I, I always thought they were cool. I had the knee knocker posts, of course, yep. being five years old. They're like, oh, what's knee knocker mean? And you get out of the truck being all goofy. Bam! Yep. And then you hit the floor going, oh God. Yep. 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 And then, then then your dad's over there. <laughs> That's why. That's why. That's exactly why it's called that. So what was the setup in that truck? Uh, my dad had concocted. Small block setup. Yeah, it was a, uh, I think it was a 350. Yep. Uh, had a Camaro front subframe. Oh, damn. And rear axle. And it had the, uh, the actual GM 14-inch mag slot wheels on it. Ooh, sweet. They were the original mag wheels. That's cool. Um... He'd put a, I think he'd done some mild work. Of course, I'm way young. I didn't understand yeah. cars entirely. I just thought cars were cool. Yeah. I got to see them restored by my grandfather every day. Right. Uh, I know it was a small block Chevy that was in it. I'm just going to guess 350 because they all look the same cut. Yeah. Um, Turbo 350 because I remember there's no overdrive. It wrapped out. That's probably the first truck I got <laughs> kind of sketched out into. I think he took me like 100 miles an hour. At that time, I-540. Yeah. Yep. Two lanes. I think it was kind of late night. I was coming from somewhere. I don't remember. The best thing about a 60s GM truck is the headlights. Man, those things are yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. Total shit. And does it, it's silly because they're really low to the road too so they, yeah. you have more light span nope now. nope they are <laughs> no. complete crap they are they're pretty poopy yep uh, that's that's the next upgrade for the old truck is some headlights yeah so your dad drove it like fun time like was that his that was his project? daily yeah really project, oh that's and cool he dailyed it for years he was a carpenter at that time so that's, that's what cool. he broke in yeah he, he drove to his jobs and drove out of them in his old hot rod that's cool man yeah that's kind of a I've Surprisingly enough, I made such a successful, I imagine in some people's eye, not successful. It took you almost five years to get where you needed to go, but it was my daily for four years. Right. Well, and the the other side of that too is like... Oh no, three and a half years it was my daily. Well, and so, you know, you think about the car, like, to to finish the goal that you had in the beginning and not change it 72 times and never finish it. I changed it, it twice. And then I ended up realizing, man, what I had, it was actually not bad after already educating myself on setups from yep. previous other guys. HT, I got the FP HTA 68 in there, which is a hog of a 16G turbo. Holy crap. I'm not even done with tuning yet, and the car is a totally different animal. That's awesome. I'm going to have to do something about the suspension. Yeah. <laughs> it's got coilovers, and it's not enough, but... That's crazy. It's brand new front end on it. I think the only thing I didn't service on the front end was, I think I may mention, is the, the hubs. I think there's something goofy yeah. with one of the hubs. It likes to float. Um, it floats a little much. I just had a thought. So, you know, C10 stuff, mm-hmm. right? Do they, I mean, I, I know there's a rear wheel drive, uh, not adaptation of the 63, but like, I'm sure they make an adapter. For 4G63 to real drive, why don't we put them in like a C10 truck? Well, or an S10 truck. Actually, that's been done quite a few times. They actually make drag trucks out of those. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's been several S10s with 4G63 builds yeah. in them. They're six bolt variances, of course. They're a little tougher. Right. Cranks are better. That's so for sure. What, what would that have been in? Uh, that would have been the first generation 
Okay. DSMs, the the Eagle Talons, yep. the lasers, which oh, everybody's man. forgot about those. Woo. Yep. Yeah. Plymouth. Plymouth Laser. Yeah. yeah. That was a that that was a very underrated car. It did yep. not look fast, and it was it was even lighter than the Eclipse or the Talon. Wow. It didn't come with the same options. Yeah. And they made them those an all wheel drive. Yeah. Yeah. Those were neat cars. They, uh, they that, were that first gen. So I, I'll tell you this story. Um, so I'll be 40 in March and there's a, a guy named John Burks, um, never comes to car shows. He probably will listen to this podcast because hey. of the DSM stuff, right? Yeah, possibly. So he, uh, him and I had, so that puts me at 14 years old in 1995, right? Like the legit <laughs> so time they, frame of these cars. Yeah. So right. So I would have been. Probably turning six right about now. Yeah, so you you have <laughs> yeah, no idea what. Yeah, so <laughs> the uh, there was a where we lived in Bentonville. Uh, there was like this blue. I want to say it was a laser, it was a GSX. Like I know it was all wheel drive, but it was like bright blue. First gen body style setup, man. Yeah. I wanted that car so bad, and like being which, fourteen years old, yeah. We which were version of the first gen. There's a one GA and a one GB. No one GB is one dude. This twenty five years ago. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I remember it's blue and all. It had well, the uh, pop up headlights. That would have been the first uh, gen, and then the set head headlights, like what mine are, was the one GBs. I don't think it had. I think it had pop up headlights. Yeah, I know it had the like the blade style wheels. Yep, that would have been the very first generation because the the one GB they made them softer, made all the cuts and roundness a little softer. Oh yeah, it was definitely not that. Uh, but him and I talked about that car for hours. <laughs> Every, like I think we had a couple classes together in junior high, and yeah. like all the time we were talking about those cars. So uh, me and him are still buddies. We we never see each other. Yeah, but we talk all the time. You know, I mean, he's we're on Facebook, commenting <laughs> and all that kind of stuff all the time. So. Uh, but yeah, so first gen stuff. So let's, I mean, let's, we've talked Mitsubishi stuff for a long time. Yeah. Let's talk future builds for you. What do you, like, what do you kind of got in mind? What's kicking around in your brain? Old. Old? I'm wanting to get back into some of my roots where I started okay. becoming, when I started realizing I was very mechanically inclined at 12, I was playing with C10s. Yeah. Chevy small blocks and carburetors. Yeah. Just for some reason just had the natural ability going what's this and get told and oh, okay that makes sense and yep. then just roll with it that's all so you I've, think you'll build something like that yeah i'm right now i'm feeling like i need another c10 it's yeah. it's been actually we're going to share about the same story about 15 years yeah since i've had a <laughs> c10 last that's crazy yeah my last one was a 63 short wide and then yeah. of course being out of high school not really knowing any direction and sold a bunch of stuff trying yep. to sustain my own own truck insurance at that time which oh, was yeah. 10 I, I regret letting that go i do now for sure yeah i yeah. regret it's like man i can't even find a short bed anymore no and i actually had everything there i'd uh i went as far as switching a 78 c10 frame underneath it oh wow Dang, so i can awesome. have the front discs and the five lug yeah and the easy power steering and and in that in that time frame, uh, five lug was a big deal. Now, yes, like yeah, now, now five lug wheels are yeah. So, uh, like the old truck's got Nissan Titan spares on it mm. because like that's I mean yeah, like it's, it's a six lug, it bolts right up, you know. Yeah. Um, 
And I guess, you know, since GM's been, sorry, there's somebody making a rip out here in front. Uh, diesel. Yeah. Sounds <laughs> like a diesel. Could be a Mustang. Yeah. <laughs> Probably a straight pipe Mustang. Probably. Um, the, uh, the six lug stuff from GM has been out, you know, since 99. So, I mean, like, wheels are super inexpensive well, for that, that same that same six lug has been carried through 60s. Well, right, but for, you know, like the, unless it was a four-wheel drive truck, oh, they, they didn't have, fair you enough. know, it was all five lug for yep. uh, square body stuff. Fair enough. And then OBS stuff was square body, mm-hmm. or was five lug. Um, so let's talk about that build. What are you thinking? Like, I mean, you know, obviously we're snowballing. You're not buying a truck tomorrow. No, I'm getting life back together and starting yeah. to build a bank account again there you go <laughs> well the car's running now yeah it's you know I'm literally hitting that last stage if anything else i'm gonna do to the car it's cosmetic anymore that's All the cool mechanical stuff that i've wanted to do has been performed yeah that's great Who would have thought i was gonna make it um on the c10 i'd like to grab another knee knocker post i like the wraparound yeah i really do but i also like the late 60s c10 yeah yeah, I yeah. like that version. Sixty-seven, seventy-two. You and everybody else, man. Oh no, I don't. I don't really seem to care for when they did that big fat chunky grill. I don't care for that. Okay. So was it sixty-nine? Probably. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, they changed the grill literally every year on that truck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think sixty-nine is the cutoff point. Yep. So that's from cool. sixty or to sixty-nine, I'll that, take any of that's those. That's a great truck because like they use the same chassis. Literally. Well, and that truck. Uh, like a street truck or muscle truck yep. is perfect. The the lines are great for a fat tire in the back and <laughs> yeah. you know big big tire up front, fat, big bigger tire in the back and sit down, you know and I don't know. That's that's a great body style. The hard part on those trucks is just getting it to to do that, you know, like finding one that's inexpensive enough to Yeah, that's mostly complete. Yeah. So my dad says you have to have um Two of the three things. It has to have either paint and an interior and need a drivetrain, <laughs> or it has to have, that. yeah. He's <laughs> like, you just can't take on a project that's that big. You yeah. Know? I so, usually take the whole pie. I'm stingy. Uh, well, dude, that's me too. I, I want it all. I want to uh, do all I like pie. <laughs> because, like, for me, I, paint, I don't care about paint. I don't either. Like, I, eventually the old truck will get painted but it's going to be a long time there's way yeah. too much stuff i'd rather build for the money that it would cost to paint that thing that'll be the last thing i ever do to this car is yeah. actually sit down and reteach myself body working again yeah, no paint no. it the same i don't, don't want to do it I, I will pay very, someone to do body very work. patience and tolerant takes a lot of that the problem with body work is like you can work all day on a panel and it look great but it's taking you all day to get there. Or you can work all day on it and it, you end up screwing it up. That's yeah, the what. the screwing up part sucks, but yeah. that's part of the learning process. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I, my grandfather made me learn a lot of stuff the hard way. I hate body work. That's it, uh, not too bad. It's, it's almost soothing in some ways. I was I was always really artsy, creative in school. Yeah. So I took the art classes and band classes and stuff, and I learned that I could sculpt. Yeah. And then, that's cool. Yeah. What kind of sculptures have you done then? Ah, just like the goofy clay stuff. Yeah, ashtrays. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So, C10, so small block, lowered, probably you're going to get back into the bag life? Uh, yeah, it's potential. I mean, I've had my, my fair share of it. I mean, I have a Dakota. Yep. It, that'd be easy to turn around and bag and play with it. But right now, it's a daily. It needs to stay that way for a little while. Yep. Uh, more or less, it's 
got an itch for resto modding. Yeah. Something, something a little off the wall. I've always been somebody that doesn't... I like to go against the grain. Cool. <laughs> so, I figured out recently that Trailblazers use the same wheel dimensions as a 60 C10. So, yeah. either it's going to be a base model Trailblazer or an Envoy, and I'll just transplant the body onto it. I'm not really worried about the power plant, because you can change it to anything you want. I mean, have you seen what they're doing with the 4200s? Yeah, actually, I have. I've been yeah. doing homework on it. Dude, that is yeah. weird. Yeah, like... Th Holy crap, they sound like 2Js. Well, and the crazy awesome. part, it's like the American Barra or whatever. You yeah, know, it's, yeah, it's so, really close to um, it, but uh, you have to be picky with it. You can't just go for, like, that first year model that they came out or anything. you got to try to find something that's, like, 07 or 08, so the ECU is flashable, and you can actually start data logging oh. and changing. That makes sense. Yeah, it's a little that bit more, a little bit more wrench worthy. Yeah, there's what a, I have to keep an there's eye. There's a for. guy. I think his YouTube channel's like Ocean Auto. No, uh, Nivlac fifty seven or something like that. Hang on, I'll look it up while we're talking. Mm -hmm. But he uh, he put a turbo on one, and it makes like four hundred something horsepower, <laughs> and is a blast. Yeah. You know, well, he loves it's it. Actually, I found it really neat that they yeah Nivlac power and the torque is the same. And it's yeah. like 295 horsepower. It's like, yeah. wait, at a straight six, and I start doing homework into it, and I realize that, holy crap, it's got individual coils. Yeah. Holy crap, it's actually got yeah. semi, uh, uh, semi, no, semi spherical head ports and stuff on it. Oh, that's actually, that's actually not bad. Yeah, it, it's a great set. So, uh, NIV LAC 57 is the, the like, name of his channel. Mm -hmm. And, uh, He's at, he actually put an LS1, LS4 in a uh, Talon TSI. <laughs> he probably made his own chassis. No, he took a race car. Oh, it's it, he skinned it? Yep. Yeah. Ah, fair enough. Um, but it's, it's front-wheel drive. Like, LS4 is all front-wheel drive. Uh, <laughs> out of the Paula? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Trying to figure out what year his car. Anyways, look it up. Yeah. On YouTube, it's a great. Him and his dad do amazing fab work and stuff. It's really cool. But uh, Steve and I had talked about that. Was yeah. going through and uh, building like a forty two hundred. The problem is they is, don't have like a. There is very little support. Well, and they the balancer or something. They're like reverse balance or something. There's something along the lines of like the harmonic balancing of the hmm. motor that it do, that doesn't. Cope well with RPM. Yeah, it doesn't like yeah. it. And uh, I've, I've treated it like a V8. Don't, don't go over six grand. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've worn uh, a small block. So I think as that movement kind of gets up a little bit, I think we'll end up seeing some reground cams and stuff like Maybe. that. I know uh, some dudes, they go make their own turbo kit and then take manifold to make it breathe like yep. it should supposed to. And yep. then it turns out that it sounds literally almost the exact same tone as a 1JZ. Like Sweet. it's right there. Right That's alongside cool. that same tone. Yeah. So you could do that in a C10. That'd be fun. So, Good. Um, well, really, on, the main thing is, is resto mod with luxury. So I really would want to daily the thing. Yeah. I well, and if you're going to put it on that yeah. chassis, you They're might as well. They're not yeah. bad. Um, plenty of luxury items that I could add at, into the cab. Are they, are the envoys and stuff, are they strut front? Yeah, they have a McPherson strut front, and then it's a. a it's like a two link in the back. Trailing arms like the old C10s used to. But the arms are like half the length. Yeah. <laughs> and they use a coil spring. Not a ton of travel. Yeah. Uh, but you wouldn't need that if you're just going to drive it. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, probably lower it two inches just to kind of give it a little bit more of a yeah. street look. But that's really it. It's not a real big thing. I know the frame can accommodate an LS fairly easy. 
on that. Easy. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, they they, they make came with that way. Yeah, like the mm-hmm. XLs came that way. Um, see, because I, I was trying to figure out how you would handle the strut setup, but I mean, oh, you just cut away the inners. Yeah, and then just so take, yeah. the the arm stays within that range of what the inner skin. That's why I liked about the '60s, the early '60s, is yep. it's just a big wedge. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's just a big wedge. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's just like a big wedge. So you already know you have all the room you want inside there. You just need to figure out where you want to trim it for just that top, that suspension top hat for the McPherson strut to set into. And then I think you, I think it's like an inch or two on each side that you probably want to lengthen and pull up a little top just for the A-arm travel. And that's pretty much it. That's awesome. That'd be a fun build. I I think it would be too. I miss fabrication. That's why we need to be wealthy. Yeah, pretty much. And man. this good looking. I mean, <laughs> I just turned 31 and I don't look it. I keep getting told. I keep getting carded. Still, nice. Still keep getting carded. Well, I haven't been carded in like 15 years. Yeah. So uh, that's what the car business will do to you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm finding it as a nuisance. Yeah. That is probably, I'm always clean shaven too. And you're like, yep. can I see you card? You're like, come I'm on, 30. man. I'm 30. Can I see you card? <laughs> that's awesome. Pull it out. Look at it. Oh, you're lying. Yeah, here you go. Here's your, here's your stuff. And then they blow through all the questions real quick. That's funny. So let's talk road trips, man. man. So have, have you been on any big ones? And no. then, uh, no, that's something, that's something I built the car to really challenge me as a driver. Yeah. I've always built things. That's all I've ever done. Yep. I think it's time. Well, now I got the car more or less almost set up into that point where yep. I could possibly save up for a year and then road trip it just to see how I like it. Maybe yep. hit a couple of venues. Uh, I know the express rally does a lot of stuff that I'm interested in, Yep. but as of lately, I've been learning that there's other events that I could probably be attaining to that would keep my interest just as well. Instead of just being a cruise. Yep. Actually like the race week you just had, that was actually, yep. that kind of opened my eyes up. Like actually that sounds kind of fun. Beat on your stuff, cross your fingers, go to the next event. See yep. some landmarks, yeah. beat on it some more. I'm going to tell you right now. I know it's stressful. Race that's, week? That's what I'm waiting Is awesome. I know it's every, awesome. Every car person should do that at some point in their life. Well, there's one thing about this car you haven't caught yet, and I was hoping you would, but you didn't yet. The car has a tow hitch. Really? I, put, I found one. I found <laughs> a tow crazy. hitch. crazy. I found a oh tow my hitch God. that was produced in the late 90s. It's loads of surface stress because it came from up north, but it yeah. came on a non-turbo car a friend of mine had, and he was doing the non-turbo stuff before yep. I finally got him into a turbo chassis. Yep. I've been helping him build his GSD, and he loves that car. He beats on that thing like it was religion, and it won't die. That, they, it just doesn't they're pretty die. Tough. This car had boost leaks when he bought it. It leaked, like, it leaked a sieve of oil all the time. <laughs> it leaks coolant. It... It's burped out all, I don't know how many stuff out the exhaust. That's awesome. And it keeps going. I put, I, (laughs) I coaxed him and I was like, Hey man, I got these rerun cams that I don't want. We'll probably have to figure out how we can shim the lifters. But for now, I think the OEMs, the OEM ones can catch it. Yeah. So let's just throw these, these two, seven, two regrinds in there and see how your car does with the, the FP T28, the non-ported version of it. Yep. Okay, popped it in there. He's been out running V6 Mustangs and everything. And it's, <laughs> That's still, great. and it's still stock fuel system, stock ECU. Wow. Well, he's got the same ECU I have now, but it's still loaded as a stock map. Wow, really? You yeah. haven't been in there messing with it any? I mean, I've preset some 
some things like I got rid of the emissions functions yep. and got rid of some of the idiot light stuff. Yep. The the cars so are actually very. Yeah. So would you tow something then? Yeah, exactly. That I've already planned. I want to trip it, but I yeah. don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm always been really laid back, just yep. kind of go with the motion of ocean kind of thing. Yeah. So if something ever happened, just drop in my lap, and I know enough people to go on it. I'm like, well, yeah, let me just go find a trailer. I got the yeah. hitch and everything. That yeah. would be fun. Hey, listen, I'm gonna tell you right now, this car would be a hit on race week because there's so much rear wheel drive V8 yeah. stuff, you know. And you, here's the other side of uh, race week too. The guys that compete in those classes, they're like legit. So like if yeah, you end up like this car would probably run well in like the probably thirteen oh class, and well, but not beaten up because that's the thing. Like you can't oh, go true. ragged edge. You know what I mean? Like true. you can't like just well, from what go I've balls been told, out. From what I've been told from my tuner, he is up north. It uh, his company is Sigma Sigma Six Tuning. Mm-hmm. He runs his own performance shop. He runs a drag strip. He actually owns a drag strip. That's cool. And he does tuning for DSM stuff. It's his, his specialty. Yep. So I reached out to him and sent him a, a build list, like I told you earlier. And the dude was impressed. He's like, did you do your homework when you put this together? It's like, I did. <laughs> yep. Do you know what you got yourself into when you put it together? <laughs> I think so. Yep. You made yourself a street monster. I can tell you that with what you have set up. That is going to be a very full car. As most people don't do that. They just slap a big turbo on it and go go yep. for it and like yeah I make all the big turbo stuff and right. he's like you, you're one of very few people that think about it and the then build, balance build the car yeah. build, build a balance out of it so see like here's the thing and there's he, like a 12-0 class and like a 13-0 yeah, class he's, he's right? telling me I can easily hit a 12-0 class god that'd be fun yeah and he's like I don't know what tires you got I was like wrong ones yeah right <laughs> I found not quickly. Yeah. yeah I told him I was like well I have a one piece drive shaft and I'm running on some like cheap 400 like 480 treadwear tire and he's like yeah you'll have to change that the tires up but yeah. i can tell you is if you're experienced enough of a driver or you figure it out how to slip the clutch without detonating anything you can pump a 12 easy that's so, awesome holy crap and he's like yeah and it's on pump gas still right you can so, probably hit more if you put water methanol injection into it which is probably another thing later yeah I, that'll be one a cage goes in by I, that point. i'd like to i'd like to put meth on the truck just it's very because, interesting well here, and here's my thought. Like, really, I could do E is what I should do. I should just put a second pump in and bring uh, it in I've on, seen like, a hop switch. things come out of E. Like, some people let them set, and some That's, people have it to degenerate, and then some people don't. It's kind of a weird flip of the coin. Well, I guess it comes down to quality. That's my dilemma. And the thing about being in Bentonville is, like, E's available all over the place. You know yeah, what I mean? So, like, like, across the street. Now. Yeah, so I could do it. And the, the tank, I mean, it's a 31-gallon tank, so surely I can find... E within 400 miles of where I'm driving. It well, you and I both should at eventually. Miles. You and I both should invest in at some point flex fuel because I've been told numerous times if you decide to go 85, I've already I already planned way ahead when I build things. I have already Teflon line stuff in the car. Nice. So if I decide yeah, see, um, flip it, I just pop a fuel pump out, pop in an actual rated one. And then run a flex fuel sensor, which that ECU accommodates, surprisingly enough. Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. That's neat. It'll actually accommodate That would be a bad idea, too, because then I could just... And And you can literally run it off any gas. You just need a gauge to tell you... Nope. Battery died on the GoPro. It said, nope! Done. Yeah, and all you need is just that gauge for to tell you what octane your fuel is. And yeah. then you can either preload a, a map that you have currently close enough to that range or just yep. put octane booster to get by. Yeah. Man, I'd like <laughs> the computer figure all that out. 
It'll be easier. <laughs> it this car is actually surprisingly straightforward. Yeah. At some some yeah. point when I get some free time, fun. I'll show you how user friendly it really is. Because what I'd like to do is, and it's part of what we were supposed to be doing tonight was <laughs> digging over the car, and I end up pulling the mics out. <laughs> That's um, fine. Yeah, secondary pump, go E in the truck, and then do the flex fuel stuff, and mm -hmm. then be fine. Because the I think the injectors will handle what I want to do. It just we were we were struggling to get to like 500 wheel. And so I've got an upgraded intake that'll go on it. And then I think I'll add a second pump just to be safe. Mm -hmm. So we'll see where we're at from there. I really want 600 wheel. I want to, let me rephrase that. I want to see 600 wheel on the dyno. Not that it needs to do that, but like, that's what I want to see. You know, I would love to see 400 hit mine. I've known yeah. the crazy thing is that turbo I have and how I've, set it up i do need to change my valve springs because i if i go e85 it's easier to ram them up yeah and then these cars do valve float a bit um with e85 and how i have it set up it will hit over 450 horsepower that's awesome just on e85 yeah on pump gas um 91 is where i'm trying to stay yeah i can easily hit 350 if that's I go awesome. to 93, what? I can get high 300s. Right. What pump are you running? In I'm the running back? a uh, Walbro 255. Yeah. Which cool. I imagine, and I also have uh, Fuel Injector Clinic's uh, 750 injectors in it, which yeah. I foresee me maxing out with this turbo. Yeah. And I have a backup set of thousands just chilling on the side. I think, no, that's just, just in 1050s, case. but yeah. they're sitting on the side already clean. Waiting, that's awesome. Waiting just in case. Yeah. But I, I can foresee that I'm going to outrun that pump too. And I probably yeah. need to go up to. Uh, I've got a 450. In this yeah, truck. I think it's 450 is yeah. what the next one is. Yeah. Yeah, I plan on keeping it one fuel pump. It's not going to be the torque monster by no means. I just want it to be a really fun, happy street car that yeah. some muscle dude in a new car thinks he's got hot shit and it ain't going to make it. <laughs> he's like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm looking for is that, yeah. holy shit. That's and then cool. go to the next light and, what the hell is that? Yep. Because most people have forgotten about these. I've, I've learned well, through some of the generations the, before me. You know, the what one, is that? that the one new. thing about it is the big wing gives a lot of it away. Oh, like for guys that have been around that stuff for a long time now, you know, the uh, generation of kids coming up, they have no idea what it is. No, I, uh, I went over here to Seven Brew just off of uh, Central. Yep. That was last year going to Cars and Coffee event. And... Wait, you stopped at a gas You stopped at a coffee shop yeah. to get coffee to go to a Cars and Coffee event. Yeah, I don't like Krispy Kreme <laughs> Fair enough. coffee, I guess. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I, I mean, Seven Brews is really good stuff. They make it right uh, yeah, down I don't drink coffee. Uh, I usually don't either, but yeah. a friend of mine got yeah. me into uh, Irish Blondes, and that's like a really good, creamy-tasting hazelnut. Okay. Yeah. I, I may have to try I'm that. I'm not a big coffee guy either, but yeah. I was like... It smells good. I like smells. Yeah. I guess. Sure, give me a sip of yours. And he popped the lid off and took it. I was like, holy crap, I'm going to go get one. Yeah. I turned around and went and grabbed one. That's the only coffee I drink. Irish Blonde. Okay. It's actually really good. I'll give good. it a shot. It's surprisingly good. Okay. It's not so, I believe you. It doesn't have like that coffee bite. Yeah. It doesn't. It's not, not so much like that. that. I don't like that either. My yeah. grandfather just drinks it straight out of the pot. If, if he could, he'd drink it straight out of the can. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know. Well, <laughs> and coffee everywhere. Well, yeah. Gross. Cool. So what else? So road trips. Yeah, did we even like talk to. about that. We did. We, we talked about race week. Yeah, and that got us on the twelve O and yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's I'm open minded on it. It's yeah. more or less of I just kind of waiting for the right opportunity to come across and to see if I know enough people that are gonna attain. 
or yep. participate yep. and I'll jump aboard. That's awesome. So uh, is there anywhere you want to drive? Like is there a spot that's like, a oh man. That's a good one, but the problem is I'm on speed density, so I have to stay away from mountains. Mm. Elevation change. Uh, Could throw density. Stuff up. Yep. Yeah, it, it'll actually die the car out until I roll it down the hill enough that the air density <laughs> back changes the and go far back up. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. Um, dude, I think you'd have a, a – anybody will have a ton of fun on race week. But I think with your background, you would really enjoy it. And Probably. It's uh, – I mean, it's nothing for like four or five folks to share a hotel room. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like to save costs and stuff like that. I know that. Um, not that you know cost is a concern on a dream trip, but it would be like uh, Jonathan Sunsifer always says. You know, is are you a forever or never attendee of race week type stuff, like endurance stuff? Ooh, that's and, a uh, good one. I, I never I'm, a, I'm a forever dude because it that was so cool one. to like be around car guys twenty four seven. Yeah, like it was like minded. Yeah, I mean, and everybody having a good time and. Mm-hmm. Um, Nobody that we talked to really took stuff so serious that they wouldn't take the 12 seconds to talk to you about their car. Yeah, you know what I mean? pretty much. So it, it was okay. a good time. It was a, it was nice. We've done power tour. It would be fun. Um, See, it's just I think that's another reason why I want to go back to some of the older stuff too, just to kind of get re-familiarized with yeah. some of the, the old hot rod guys I used to hang yeah. out with. Kind of miss that scene a little bit. A little bit yeah. more, more maturity. I should suppose. Of course, every car group has its drama well yeah there's a little bit more of the hot rod guys have a little bit more of a maturity level to a degree yeah yeah for sure because we've all been around for a long time to get past the yeah. i'm the coolest person in the room set up, you know pretty much well uh I'm not really sure how popular i'm in the, this area but some people seem to oh you're still around here and pop up with the car questions that's awesome yeah well I think I'll let you go. Right, I'm going to go in. It's 9.45, and I probably should have been in. The hour we've recorded, I probably should have oh, went wow, in. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's, that's how quick it was. way easier than I thought they were. Here's what's crazy. Like, when we think back and we listen to this. This like, is my first podcast, by the way. Yeah. He's a virgin. <laughs> um, the the conversations that – dude, you can tell that right over there in that trash can. Oh, there's one right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's full. Yeah. Uh, Podcasts are fun, and you'll definitely be back on because there's a ton of stuff that we didn't even cover that you're going to literally drive out of here and go, oh man, I should have told that story. Yeah, right. So create create a notebook in your in your phone and uh, keep keep ideas and stories flowing in it, and we'll have you back over. And because I would love to ride in the car during the daylight, and let's take a drive in the old truck in the daytime and all that yeah, kind of stuff. It's not full potential yet. Yeah. It would. It's fun to put. It would be it. as fun. Yeah, and it'd be as fun as anything else. You gonna go to Cars and Coffee Sunday? I'm gonna try to. Yeah. Um, I work late night shifts, so it's, <laughs> it's. It's hit or miss depending on what time yeah, you went to bed the night before. Pretty much. Or the day a before. Times I'm like, man, it's three thirty. This is my normal bedtime. I gotta get up in three hours. Yeah. Uh, do I gotta go? I don't so, know. So <laughs> so you work. Like, so you're off early morning. Yeah, I usually go on by like 3 p.m. My clock in, then I'm out. Oh, one. damn. So, yeah, you Yeah. Oh, that's a it's weird a hard schedule. Flip. Yeah. It's a hard flip. Yep. And, and so, then, you know, you'd have to go home, go to sleep for your normal sleep time, and then get up and do cars and coffee. Yeah. I've done it a couple times. Yeah. And it's a good thing I'm insomniac every once in a while. Yeah. Right. That's cool. All right.
Till next time. Thanks, dude. No I appreciate you. No problem. That was fun.